What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the OE Howell podcast. I'm joined here today with Benjamin Schmidt, Anuraj Nair, and Sahishni Boyapali. My name is Andrew, and we are going to first talk about the Super Bowl and its predictions. The Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers are in the Super Bowl. It has been decided. I'm going to kick it off with Ben. Ben, what do you think are the key matchups we're looking for in the Super Bowl? Well, first of all, I just want to speak to Patrick Mahomes. In, in those last two games, the divisional and championship round, he was fantastic, not only through the air, but with his legs, too. He was, I believe, their leading rusher in both those two games. So he was absolutely fantastic. And that kind of leads me into what my most important matchup is. is I want to see Patrick Mahomes against that fantastic 49ers defensive line. Um, when on the field at the same time, you got D Ford and Nick Bosa for the 49ers defensive line rushing the passer and the Chiefs offensive line isn't that good, but we've seen Mahomes run around. He has the arm strength to throw off his back foot 60 yards. So I'm very interested to see how, um, coach Andy Reid and their, their staff draws up plays to get Mahomes out of the pocket room to throw and away from, from those great defensive linemen for Kansas city. And if they can do that, I think Kansas city with all their offensive weapons really is a pretty good shot to, to win this game. Yeah, I do agree with you. Um, I'm going to give it to Honoraj. What do you think are the team's biggest strengths going into the Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, when you look at the uh, 49ers, let's start off with the 49ers. You know, their rush game on offense is stellar. You know, one of the best rushing games in the entire league. Um, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, where they can run pl- out of, you know, play actions. They got George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders. And they got that rookie, Debo Samuel, um, you know, coming off a stellar year. Uh, then you look at their, then you look at the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have always, since last year, since Patrick Mahomes took over the league, you know, with Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and uh, Miko Hardman now, it's an air raid offense. They will throw 40 yards on you very easily without, you know, any hesitation. And that's actually a thing that the 49ers lack is, uh, you know, a stellar secondary, which they can take advantage of. So, you know, a key matchup in this particular game would be to pay attention to deep throws because they're going to be running a lot of deep posts couple of fade routes, a couple of go routes, and they're going to torch that uh, secondary. But the the key is if the 49ers can pressure Mahomes. They were able to pres- pressure Rodgers pretty well. And, you know, you saw what happened. He threw two interceptions and a single touchdown. Right. What was it, a single touchdown, right? I want to say one touchdown. Yeah, it was one touchdown. So if they can do the same thing to Mahomes, then I can see the 49ers taking it. But if Mahomes is able to utilize his mobility and his IQ of the game then guaranteed the, four, the the Chiefs will win. And kind of going, just going off what you said, with the the pressure and being able to, to not let things have to go in San Francisco secondary. Early in that Vikings game, their divisional game, we saw Stephon Diggs take one of the 49ers quarterbacks, make an adjustment, and have a walk-in touchdown. But then from there, the rest of the game, the 49ers defensive line stepped up. They sacked Kirk Cousins six times, and plays like that didn't happen for the rest of the game. So... I would, I would completely agree it's all about the pressure of San Francisco. If they let things fall into the hands of their secondary outside of Richard Sherman, who we even saw get beat last week by Devonta Adams. But if if pressure gets home on Mahomes, it's going to be very tough despite all those weapons. But if, if there's no pressure and Mahomes can just sit back and fire the football, th- there's going to be a ton of points scored on the Kansas City side. Oh, you got, sure. Yeah, you got a really good point there. Well, that being said, everyone needs to put in their predictions for the Super Bowl. We're going to start with Sahishnu. What do you think is going to – who do you think is going to come out on top come February? I think it's all going to deter – it's all going to come down to can Jimmy G come up big. I know both of you guys talked about Patrick Mahomes. We know what a superstar he is. We know what the Chiefs are going to bring through the, their offense. But Jimmy G threw the ball eight times last week. 
Raheem Mostert cannot be the leading cause of your offenses, the, the way that your offense is going to score. Raheem Mostert cannot be the reason that your, uh, your offense wins out. You cannot have him, you cannot rely on Mostert to get four touchdowns again. That cannot happen. Jimmy G's got to throw the ball more than eight times. It, it really is going to come down to, can he be the guy that the 49ers are paying him to be? $28 million a year to throw eight passes? That can't be the case. He's got to come up big in the Super Bowl. And if he does come up big, do you have them winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, the 49ers are a better all-around team. They got a better defense. They got a better offense. You know, the Chiefs really come down to that, that pass game and Patrick Mahomes. Their defense, they got a decent defensive line. But outside of that, not a great, uh, not a great overall team by the Chiefs. Yeah. What do you think, Anuraj? Yeah, you know, same thing. I, I agree with what Sahishin said, you know. The, the 49ers are such a well-rounded team, defensively, offensively, special teams even. But the Chiefs are only an offensive team. And I think if, because the 49ers function on all three cylinders, all three phases of the game at such a high level, there is no competition that, that they can't face. So I, I predict that it would be, it'll be a good game because, you know, the Chiefs offense can keep up. But I ultimately think that the 49ers will take the chip home. And then I'm just going to come out right away. I, I think the 49ers will win this one. It'll be close. But Kyle Shanahan and just that talent is, is such a great mix. But rooting-wise, I think I want Kansas City to win. We, we all talk about Andy Reid and that like coaching tree, people who have gone to other teams that have worked with Andy Reid and the offensive genius that he is. But Andy Reid has never won a Super Bowl. And I think people would view Andy Reid just a little bit better if he can add that Super Bowl to his resume. And as, as crazy as it seems, all these offensive teams, he's, he's drawn up back with the Eagles, with Donovan McNabb and those teams. And even all the years with Alex Smith, they went to the playoffs every year. Now with Patrick Mahomes, I, I think we forget that he doesn't have a Super Bowl. And and he, he's getting older as a coach, so we, we don't know how. This, this could be his best chance to win a Super Bowl. So I, as a fan, kind of want him to win the, the big game. I think we'll see the Shanahan team be back more and more times, as, as well as the Chiefs too, but... Um, I think it'll be hard for them, but I, I, I want the Kansas City Chiefs to win. And Ben, I do say I have to agree with you too. I really do want these Kansas City Chiefs to win. I need uh, they got a really good offense, and I, th- I think I think there's something there. There's potential there for uh, for a win. Luke Kuechly, defensive defensive player of the year in 2013, is now retiring. He missed seven games due to concussions in 2015 to 2017. And what do you think about that, Ben? I mean, great for Luke Kuechly. I Obviously, head injuries are a scary thing, and you don't want him to put his life after football in jeopardy um, just, just to keep playing the game. He's had a fantastic career, and, and I applaud him for, for not taking a further risk and, and realizing that, th- that this was the right time to go out. I would just speak to more that this this isn't the greatest look on the NFL. Not only Luke Kuechly, and I know you were going to bring up later, Andrew, like Andrew Luck and, and Calvin Johnson, those guys too. Those guys retiring in their late twenties, early early thirties, I believe those the age for all three of those guys, is is not a great look for for parents and, and young kids playing football today. We've already heard um different states bring things to court talking about changing the age for for kids to play tackle football. If if you're a parent and you see guys like this and like Luke Keekley talking about all the concussions, that information's out there. What what are, what is a parent gonna think? They're gonna say. I don't know if I want my kid playing playing this sport where when he retires at, at age 40, he could have brain injuries that's going to affect him for the rest of his life. So a parent might say, oh, I'm going to steer my kid. We're, we're going to learn how to play baseball. We're going to learn how to play basketball. We're not going to go into football where, where we can risk it, big injuries. Right. And, you know, speaking about injuries, you know, Rob Gronkowski, same thing with him, you know, stellar career. Like, he's still in his prime. He's, what, 28, 29, about to, t- 
maybe even 30. And with, you know, the type of player he is, he's such a monster. But all those injuries over his career slowed him down tremendously. Same thing, uh, well, in different circumstances, Andrew Luck and Calvin Johnson. Andrew Luck, you know, never, he's never really had a strong O-line to defend him. So he's always had to deal with shoulder injuries and any, you know, protection problems. And that's always contributed to his, you know, failures in the league. And his, his retirement was actually a genuine surprise because their O-line had improved. And their team was getting better, but he, you know, just was just sick and tired of it. All the hits that he was taking. Do you think it was a selfish move on his part to retire young? No, I don't think so. I think I think he was looking after himself, looking after his own body, you know, because he he wants to, you know, be able to enjoy his family in the future, you know, not deal with CTE or whatever. Yeah, I would, I would, I would never call that a selfish move, looking after your per, per um personal health i would call what kevin durant did a selfish move going to win a ring oh, for sure that's yeah. a different yeah, sport that's, that's, yes different but story. but um not not looking after your personal health I, w- I would never say that's selfish i mean i think that the nfl is kind of putting these guys in a good position now where they're making so much money early they're making enough money early now where they don't have to put their body down in the line like for 15 years as they had to before now they can get out after eight years and still walk away with a substantial amount of money to make a difference in their families, like for the family's trajectory, you know, their, their family's going to be set up for the future. And, you know, guys, guys like Luke Keekley, guys like Andrew Luck, guys like uh, Calvin Johnson, life after football doesn't have to be, you know, depressing. It, their life after football, they have a lot more opportunities now. You, you have guys like that are going into broadcasting like Tony Romo. Yeah. And, you know, Luck just had a new kid. You know, they're, they're not... They don't have. They're not so beholden to the NFL, and I think, you know, to Ben, whatever Ben said, uh, to you know, the NFL being bad on the NFL. Actually, I disagree with that. I think that now it's now more than ever. You know, guys don't have to be going through that punishment. You know, they don't have to be in the league as long. They don't have to um, uh, go through as much pain as they had to before. You know, and I think that's it's not necessarily a great look, but I think it's good for the guys in the league. Yeah, this league is really shifting. Um, right now after these players have retired and you know that retiring young isn't something that you usually do how do you think that this is going to affect like how people view the league is it just like you're there for only a couple a couple of years and you leave um well Cece just mentioned a second how you could get out after like seven or eight years I, th- I think that'll definitely change the view um you're still going to have the the people who want to win as much as possible like the Tom Brady's who, who Tom Brady's not going to retire for another early sign you no, think he's no. not going to retire I didn't give him another five years yeah. Because because he wants to win, you're you're still gonna have those guys that'll that'll bypass the the risk of getting injured to want to win. But I think definitely for for kids growing up, especially higher round draft picks, we'll we'll start to realize, hey, if I can make as much money as I can, secure the best contract early, if I'm taking beatings, and the stuff Andrew Luck talked about, his injuries are just insane. The amount that he took, he realized I've t- I've cooped in enough money over my career, I can get out now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, same thing. You brought it up earlier, right? Because parents are going to be looking at these athletes in the NFL. They're going to see, you know, what they're dealing with, the numerous concussions, the injuries. And, yeah, the NFL is a physical or football is a physical sport in general. But I think that's what makes the sport so good, you know? Taking away that physicality kind of nullifies it. But I think that people do have to look after themselves first before they go out for the sport. Certain positions, however, like quarterbacks and, you know, special teams players, they have more longevity because they don't deal with as much physical you know, I guess, damage. Right. But positions like the running back or linebackers, they're constantly going head on head, you know, linemen, same thing. They're always, you know, up at each other's grills or whatever. So those kind of people, they have to pay attention, but 
you know, specialized players, quarterbacks, special teams. I think they have more longevity overall. I know you guys both mentioned like parents not probably not going to be able to play their kids, but like if you look at the NFL, most of these kids that are coming into the NFL, they're from blue collar families. They're not these kids, you know, they were athletic phenoms. We're not talking about you and me. We're not talking about the kids that are that just sign up just for fun. Yeah, those kids, there might be a drop off. But for the kids that are athletic and have like the talent to go to the NFL, those are the kids that are um, I don't think it's going to affect those kids as much. Yeah, and I agree with you with all of you. Um, if we're gonna shift gears a little bit here, um, yesterday the All Star candidates for the NBA All Star game have just been announced. We got in the Western Conference the starting five with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, and Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. And then for the East we have Kemba Walker, Joel Embiid, Giannis, Pascal Siakam, and Trey Young. Is this what we is this is this inevitable? Is this what we're gonna see, or did you guys wish to see someone else in the? Um, I don't know if there's anyone I wish to see. I I think I was I was surprised about the Trey Young. I think all three of us were, and I and I don't know if you guys saw his reaction. That that was a pretty cool scene. Um, how emotional he was, but, um, I I think outside of that, it was pretty much what we expected, especially in the West. I don't think anyone's arguing out of those those five starters east you maybe could have argued i think ben simmons over trey young but i I think this is pretty much what we expect i think the biggest thing is is now the reserves that's going to be the big argument between now and next thursday when they're announced is is there's there's multiple guys in these comments who are on the cusp but just because maybe their team's record or just a a few little stats here and there are going to keep them out when when in some other years they'd be deserving enough to get in yeah and about your comment on ben simmons i I honestly do think I honestly do think Trey Young deserves this over Ben Simmons because Trey Young has just been absolutely like incredible like this season and he's been averaging like close to thirty every single game and we and if you look at it versus Ben Simmons who just received who just got put in a new position he's not playing the five and he's just not his team isn't really uh, up to expectations whereas the Hawks they didn't really have any expectations and Trey Young is going off so I I think I do agree with. Fact that Trey Young should be so. So just to confirm, you you value more Trey Young's performance over, so over like the Hawks record because the Hawks are one of those records in the NBA. You're you're willing they, to bypass that because Trey Young has been so awesome. Trey Young has been so awesome, and yeah, if you look at the Hawks, their their team isn't their team isn't quite developed as many teams. But if you if you look at his performance and he's just like he's putting on all star numbers, and I think he deserves that spot. Yeah, you know, Trey Young, he just doesn't have the support around him. He consistently drops like 46 and 10 pretty like uh, pretty consistently like every other week or something. He he just doesn't have that talent around him. So I do I do think he deserves an All-Star recognition. As for um yeah, because All-Star it doesn't it doesn't really depend on your team's record. It's about your performance as a player. So I do believe that Trey Young definitely deserves a spot over Ben Simmons. Um I think there's a player that we're missing here in the starting lineup, Jimmy Butler. Like I think second best record in the East, and I know that on the voting ballot he was a forward. But are we gonna are we gonna argue that he's the undeniable leader of that Heat team? No. You know, no. Well, what what he's done with that Heat team, and I know it's not just him because they have Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, and Bam Adebayo has stepped up. Duncan Robinson. Yes, off the bat. Yeah. That that team has completely changed because they went from one of the worst spots, like mediocrity eight seed, not good enough to win, but not good enough to get a lottery pick. And just Jimmy Butler, and then those other guys, and and they're they're gonna potentially add more in, in the off season or, or over the summer. But Jimmy Butler's completely changed that team, so I I could totally see how yeah you would think that he's an all star snub as well. You know, it's 
it's amazing what the Heat have been able to do. And, you know, when Butler signed with the Heat, you know, it, it turned a lot of heads. They're confused because, you know, no one's really viewed the Heat as potential contenders. But this Heat team is incredible. They're, yeah, they're, they're playing together. They play – Butler's unselfish. These kids, uh, Hero, Nunn, Duncan Robinson. They're budding stars. They're, yeah, they're, they're coming up. They have the potential. And, and you, not, not to take away from you, I know you're the moderator, but talking about budding stars – do we think I know it's been one it's been one game, but do we think if he had played this whole season that Zion Williamson would be an all star this year? Oh for sure. Did you see his performance? That was madness. Against the Spurs, right? Four threes in the fourth quarter. Uh twenty two points in his first start in eighteen minutes. That's ridiculous. As as a player, Zion Williamson, if he keeps developing the way he is, for sure will be an all star. I you know, I saw him on the court. He, he looks fat, man. He he, lo- he looks fat. pudgy. He <laughs> looks he looks pudgy, he looks fat, he needs to Control the weight because guys that are three hundred pounds are not meant to be running three miles, jumping up and down. They're not meant to be doing that. You got to get that weight down. But you know, he showed an incredible poise. He was able to. He took what the defense gave him. He wasn't. He didn't force anything into the paint. He wasn't just trying to bully his way in. He took his threes. Four for four. Too. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. My quick. My question is Zion isn't his talent or his athletic ability. My question is how long is he going to be able to sustain it? Right. And if he can sustain it for 10 years, 12 years, at whatever the weight is, that, that's what's going to really matter. I, I don't think it's going to happen at 300 pounds. I think he's going to have to bring it down. And talking about sustainability, something I heard is he's actually been working with one of the coaches to work on a landing after he goes up to dunk or to get a rebound. Is landing on two feet, and that'll help, help limit these knee injuries or other injuries that he's had, especially with the weight. And I, I think that weight, I think we all can agree, is his weight will start to go down as he gets back oh, yeah. into into playing games and, and that amount of running you do every game. He just hasn't had any, any game activity. But I, I think we all hope, obviously, that that, that comes down and that he can, he can sustain a career because he's, he's one of the biggest talents we've seen come out of the draft in, in a while, and we all want to see him succeed. So I just found it funny that he's working with a, a coach on on how to land properly to, to avoid those like those times we see dudes kind of laying on one leg or even fall down because th- that we've seen big injuries come out of that. Well, I think we you know when Derrick Rose and uh, Russell Westbrook they were both drafted you know Rose both of them were both incredible athletes. None of that training was done for Rose. When Westbrook went to OKC, they trained him to jump properly, land properly. They ch- taught his, him better mechanics, and uh, you see what the results have been. Westbrook became it uh, was uh, he's been, had a much better career overall. And hardly any energy. Right. And had that been the case for Rose, had Rose gotten that same training, who knows where he could have been by now. Right. But I mean, speaking of Rose, he is coming up now again to the Detroit Pistons. He's going off. You know, I hope the Lakers, you know, get him because I, I do believe he deserves to be, be in the playoffs and compete for a championship. Do you think he'll be announced as a, as a reserve next Thursday night? Uh, I mean, well, looking at just the stats, you know, purely statistically speaking, he does deserve a reserve role, you know. But even even without that, you know, the All Star Game is about fan votes, and everyone in the league loves Derrick Rose. And talk it's about it's it's, it's in it's Chicago. a popularity contest. Yeah, it's a popularity yeah. contest, and it's in Chicago, which is even more nostalgic for the people here. You know, so everyone wants to see him play in Chicago. But, you know, going back to Zion Williamson from South Carolina, there's another player from South Carolina, Ja Morant. You know, stellar rookie Fantastic. season. Fantastic, stellar rookie season. Single handedly leading the Grizzlies. And they're almost at a playoff contention. Are they? They in the, they're in the eight seed right they're now. The aren't they? They're in the eight seed. They are yeah. in With the. Jaron Jackson Jr. is also a great player too. What's his? This is sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
So they're they're just out of a playoff yeah. spot. But yeah, they're, they're tied with the Spurs. They both have twenty wins. Jonas Valanciunas. Win Jonas Valanciunas is balling right now. That entire team is. They're playing great. Uh, Dylan Brooks is putting up good numbers. Yeah. You know, young team, but I, if we look at them, we can. They could be potentially one of the contenders down the line in a couple years. Oh yeah, let those let those players develop. Next thing you know, maybe they add another piece. You know, and For they're sure. they're it. They're, they'll be the team to beat in the West. I know that that's what we've been saying about the Phoenix Suns for a really long time, and they oh, yeah. it's just not happened. And, uh, you know, they definitely made a move in their direct, correct, uh, direction this year by hiring Coach Monty Williams. They started really hot in the year. I don't know what they're missing, but it's it's a shame to see guys like um, you know, uh, Devin Booker waste his career in Phoenix. For sure. And, He's- yeah. And I, I don't want to see that for Ja. I don't want to see that for Zion. I want to see these guys winning at a high level. And James Jones is on that staff too, right? Is, is he in Phoenix? Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think he's done some nice things with that team. So, some players have definitely taken massive step forwards in, in Phoenix this yeah, year. That team overall has taken a good direction. They started off hot, like Sahishu said. But, you know, they slowly slowed down. But I think in the future, maybe, I don't know what they need. Because their team looks pretty decent. I think they need a strong bench. And I think that would complete their team. DeAndre Ayton did not get suspended. Maybe that too, if he yeah. didn't get suspended either. But I, I do genuinely believe that if they, you know, get a strong bench, compliment Devin Booker, who, by the way, he should be in the All Star game for everything that he's for done sure. over the past couple of years, you know. But like I know. said with Trey Young, just because the team isn't showing results, if right. the players exactly. start, then yeah. but the All Star game is a popularity contest at this point. Yeah, for sure. And now we got, um, we got the NBA Finals or. The playoffs around the corner, and and Giannis and the Bucks have really been um, been really been dominating the Eastern Conference. Do you think any team can ever challenge them to get out of the East? Well, okay, I'm a Celtics fan, so I gotta say I think the Celtics can challenge them. I mean, we were down by nearly 26 points by at halftime, and we came back. And we only lost by two. You know, we have. So know, we celebrating losses now. Hey, hey, it's a good it's a good sign that we can handle Giannis and the Bucks. But all I'm saying is, is that the Bucks aren't as immortal as they seem. But you know, like even speaking the Heat too, with that young team, they can challenge the Bucks. They did challenge the Bucks right earlier on in the season, yeah. And the 76ers team with Joel Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, they were they put up a good fight. They actually beat the Bucks earlier this season. So I do think the Bucks can be challenged. I feel like the Sixers are kind of just like, because they're like fifth or sixth seed right now. They're they're in the in the middle of the pack. We're just kind of like waiting for them to. Because they started off kind of out of the year, and it's kind of just plateaued off. We're kind of waiting for them to just to just click. take that next step. And, yeah, like you just said, click and, and get back to the top. Because cause with, with Kawhi leaving and then the East changing a lot this offseason, I think a lot of us expected to Philly to at least be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Maybe maybe you got the Bucks and Celtics too, but at least be. And, and they just don't look like that, that, that team this year. I don't know what's, what's different. I, I definitely want to see them have a, have a lot better in the second half. It's. I want to go back to what Anuraj said. I, I I'm with him. I think it's the Celtics. I think if there's any team that's going to be competing with the Bucks this year, it's the Celtics. They have the athleticism. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both are rising, and Kemba Walker. He's everything that this team needed that Kyrie Irving could not provide them. Kyrie Irving was everything that the, they didn't need. He was the he was the ball hog. He was the leader that they didn't need. Kemba Walker's really rejuvenized this entire franchise and. I think that they're going to see some positive things, but man, Giannis is—it's going to be tough to beat Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah, he's taken a really big step forward this year, and if he can continue to hit the threes like he's been doing MVP? this year, MVP, oh, back boy. to back, maybe. Oh boy, we could we could see it. And in the Western Conference, 
I don't know, guys. I, I, I think it's pretty clear that the Lakers, they want to come out of this. And you can see it. But we also have to look at the Clippers. They're low managing. Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul have only played 18 games together. Like, we, I, I've yet to see. I've yet to see it. But I feel like come playoff times, that it could be a close game between the Clippers and the Lakers. Yeah, and I think you know if you look at the seasons uh, play plays between them, the Clippers are two and zero against the Lakers. So the Clippers mm-hmm. do have the potential to beat the Lakers. I think, and if you like notice, the Lakers don't really do really well against good teams. They got blown out by Boston. The Bucks humiliated them with Giannis showing off his three point dominance. That's true. For some reason. <laughs> so, you know, I think I think the Lakers can be challenged. I think the best team to challenge them would be the Clippers. Or And if, you know, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets get their start, you know, get together once again, I think they can also challenge the Lakers. Who's who's the number two seed right now? Is it the Clippers? Or, uh, uh, the Jazz are actually number two seed. Oh, they've, they've been hot ever since getting Speaking Jordan of, Clarkson. Right. That's yeah. true. He's that, been yeah, Jordan Clarkson, out season. of nowhere, just changed just changed that team. Not the Utah Jazz. They were already good to begin yeah, with, and then they just added a second piece. And the run the time that they got Jordan Clarkson, though, that was when Mike Conley got injured. That's when Joe Ingles was inserted into the starting lineup. I don't know how well that fit between Mike Conley and the Jazz is, but Joe Ingles has been hooping. Yeah, he's been hooping. Um, and let's not let's not uh, disregard what Donovan Mitchell's been doing for this oh, franchise. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's a monster. That that was an, that was such a and I, I can't believe it's already been three years he's been in the league. But that was such, that was an excellent draft pick back back, oh, for sure. back at the time. Yeah, and that was after that Gordon Hayward too. So you know, good replacement on them. Ironically, I think the thing that the Jazz need the most right now is a player like Gordon Hayward. <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's what they would need. And if they got a player like Gordon Hayward, I think we could really consider them as champion contenders. Um, I mean, they are contenders. I mean, just look at them. That team is pretty good. I think that when you look at title teams, I think like you, there's a, just a different level of like athleticism that you see, like uh, like the Lakers, Clippers. Those teams that just have different level of athletes, and the Jazz just don't. Outside of Donovan Mitchell, they just don't have the same level of athletes. And I think that they're just one piece away from a one like a legitimate star away from becoming true contenders in the West. Yeah, that does make sense. But if you want to go back and look at history, the 2003 Pistons when they took on the the Lakers, you know. I think the there's only there's only one team ben like Wallace. That. I'm, I'm I understand that, but there's only been one team like that. I'm what I'm trying to say is that if that I I'm not saying I'm not trying to write the Jazz off, but if they want to, if they can be, if they can get one more star, I think they could be really legit contenders this year. It's a multiple superstar league at this point. I think that that's pretty clear. I mean, yeah. we, we saw LeBron a couple of years ago try and take on the Warriors with that <laughs> that team of scrubs. I mean, I mean George Hill's been better in Milwaukee now, but like. He's not meant to be the second best player on a final team, so it's no. it's a superstar league. So we'll we'll see. And Ben, who do you think is going to come out of the West then? Oh, that's that's tough. I I really want to say the Clippers, but I just want to see I want to see them get hot like right before playoff time. I'm gonna stick with the Lakers, but they they need to stay healthy. I think the Clippers have more depth and can overcome if someone were to get hurt. The Lakers have to stay healthy. So and Kyle Kuzma needs to play better. So I'm gonna go with Lakers. Honorish. Um. Yeah. You know, looking at the trend right now, it has to be the Lakers. But if we're talking about potential, I'd say the Clippers. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Lakers. I think this is LeBron's one of his last couple runs, and I think he's gonna make the most I mean, of he's it. He's 35, so if it's not, if it's not, it's now or never, basically yeah. for LeBron. Yeah. The Clippers. Uh, the Lakers are really doing everything they can to win. Um. But if I were to be honest, I. I think the Clippers, dude. They have. They were already. They they already. They already got six games on the Warriors. 
when they had like no Kawhi, no Paul George, and now like they badly they're just adding two more pieces to make their team like just. Oh, you're I feel like they're, they'll be unstoppable. Last year. You're talking about last yeah. year, okay? Yeah. yeah. No, that was a good series last year. So. Oh yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Don't forget to tune in next time when we talk about whether or not the XFL. New football league. We'll, New we'll football see, league. We'll see if that's gonna work. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm Andrew. This is Ben Anuraj and Sahishnu coming at you with the OE Howell podcast. We'll catch you guys in the next episode.